0: Episode 31 of the Energy Edge Podcast. Hey, this is Scott Maudsley, founder of Write One Line, and you're listening to the Energy Edge Podcast. If you want to up your game in business
1: and life, finding an Energy Edge is a must, and you've come to the right place.
0: Welcome to the Energy Edge Podcast, where we believe if you desire to get the absolute most out of your work, and life, then finding your energy edge is a must. The Energy Edge Podcast will help you learn to leverage your everyday major activities into an energy advantage so you can work and live at an optimal level. So let's begin. The Energy Edge Podcast is sponsored by, well, you guessed it, 5MinuteEnergyKickstart.com, where you'll find three five-minute videos that can help you become more productive, feel more energized, and do your best work. Go to 5MinuteEnergyKickstart.com today and download your free video series. Welcome to the Energy Edge podcast, my listening friends. I'm your host, Brian Paul Buckley. And with me today is a guest co host, a very special co host, a friend of mine co host, Mark Slemons. Mark, welcome.
1: Brian, it's so good to be here. Longtime listener. First time guest, as they say, I couldn't be more honored. You know,
0: I absolutely love that line. I'm kind of jealous. I've never had a chance to say
1: that anywhere. so that is Feel a free real- to steal it. You can use it. Um, I think I heard it somewhere one time, though, so I don't know who to give credit to. For you know, the
0: first time I ever heard it was on ESPN on the Dan Patrick Show. People would call in and that's what they would say, long time listener, first, first time guest or first time, you know, call in, or so. <laughs> yeah. a call in or whatever that is. So, hey, we met as a result of Mike Kim, a personal brand specialist, and we went through what he called the pivot course, which was an awesome, awesome program. And as a result of that, we got to know each other far more through a mastermind group. So shout out to our mastermind groupers. Um, and just, man, we've really been able to build kind of a unique friendship and you've really spoken yeah. into a lot of my content. So thank you for that publicly.
1: Uh, and the feeling is mutual, Brian, and it's particularly relevant to the topic today about connecting like you. I'm a firm believer in connecting with people and I, I don't want to be cliche or use common phrases that have the potential, I suppose, to undermine the value about what I'm going to say, but the resulting relationships that were created through your willingness to start that mastermind are actually pretty hard for me to describe with words. Um, And I want each listener who's listening today to experience it because I believe that when you experience the kind of connection, the kind of relationship that can come out of investing in each other's lives, it it will revolutionize your perception about why connecting is so critical.
0: And that's a great point. And and thank you for that. And I feel the exact same way. It's been kind of cool because we're all located in different parts of the country. And I've made it kind of my mission on my business travel to uh, find and and show up in a city near you (laughs) to be able to to hang out and, and make that connection even stronger. And that is kind of the point of this podcast here in this episode is how do we really maximize these connections with people and, and exert the proper energy so that we can really, really make an impact in that. So Mark, before we dive into that, why don't you tell us a little bit more about your, your business world, your entrepreneur endeavor world, so that we have a, a glimpse of kind of your direction and your lenses of how you're going to commun- communicate with us today.
1: Yeah, you bet. I'm married to my incredible wife, Ginger, for almost 23 years now. And we have two grown boys, Isaiah and Nehemiah, who are 21 and 26 years old. And Nehemiah actually just got married at the end of last year. And so his awesome wife, Rachel, became our first daughter. So our first girl in the home. Which Very cool. Is great experience. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. So during the day, I'm a sales and marketing manager for a product called Molybdenum. molybdenum is a steel hardener, a corrosion inhibitor that's used most often in the production of stainless steel. My passion, however, is leadership, and truly it's what holds my attention day and night. So I'm a leadership speaker and consultant based in Salt Lake City, Utah. I help mid to senior level executives and their teams to improve their leadership skills and maximize their potential. I'm also the host of the Leader to Leader podcast, which showcases how and why authentic leaders transform teams and organizations, and how they change the world.
0: And I love what you're about, Mark, and I've seen it firsthand, and I'm excited and honored to have you part of the show. And since both of us are people, you know, we're people people, Mm -hmm. and we're in the people business, our jobs require us to maximize our time with others, don't they? And to increase our chances of our success rate. And as a result, there are three words that cause people a number of mixed emotions. And Mr. Slemons,
1: what are those three words? Connecting with others. And I dare say those three words may be the most fearful words that some people will ever speak. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely.
0: Cause a high level of anxiety. But yet many of our roles and our jobs are greatly enhanced and improved if we learn the power of connecting with others, not just how to do it, but the power, because I think if we understand the power of it. We're more likely to try to learn how to do that. And I think some of our jobs to, you know, um, connecting is crucial. You think about speakers or communicators, you think about consultants, uh, coaches, sales professionals who need to be able to communicate in order for sales. You think of leaders, your area of, of, uh, focus in business. What are any other jobs that come to mind that uh, require connecting?
1: Yeah, uh, pretty much any job ever, Brian. <laughs> nice. I, mean, I think it's, it's crazy because we think that connecting only matters when we're in the process of selling or, or marketing efforts. And we forget that even our role at work, when it's not in sales, requires that we sell ourselves to our peers to our manager. You have to do it at home. You have to sell yourself to your spouse and to your children. And I don't, I don't mean like you're pulling one over on somebody. I just mean you have to be an authentic connector an authentic communicator so that when you're interacting with others, they know that the connection matters to you and it matters to them and it's in every role.
0: And that's a great point. And we're really going to dive in and get into the weeds of Of how to proactively use energy for connecting and I want to give just complete credit and um, true exposure to really kind of the origin of these five um, came from John C. Maxwell in his book Everyone Communicates Few Connect. I love the title of that. Everyone Communicates Few Connect and I'll that link in the show notes and it doesn't matter with whom or within what context you're trying to connect. It's always the same. If you want to truly connect, you need to bring energy to do it effectively. And obviously, this is the Energy Edge Show. We talk about the importance of having energy and using it effectively. You know, and to make the most of connecting with others, we need to channel this energy strategically.
1: And here's the disclaimer, Brian. You don't have to be a high-energy person or be an extrovert. And if you're an introvert and you're listening today, I want to encourage you there's hope. Don't tune out. Uh, Your tendency might be to think, well, you know, I'm not really an extrovert. And so this isn't really going to work for me. Um, We're going to give you some easy ways to connect with people, uh, even when it doesn't feel natural.
0: And that's such a good point. I mean, there are so many times I have met communicators, speakers, authors, and, you know, they brought it on stage or they brought it in a conversation. And then you find out that they are. They are extremely introverted and or they're on that borderline, that extrovert, introvert. And ironically, I'm one of those. And just to find that out is so freeing to know how good of a communicator or a connector they are. And they have just learned how to leverage that energy. And you, you do need to be willing to use whatever energy you have to focus on others and to reach them. And it's really a matter of choice. And we're going to dive into that today.
1: So, Brian, you mentioned five ways that we're going to use energy for connecting. What's the What's the first one?
0: Yeah, the first one that John C. Maxwell talks about in his book is connecting requires initiative, which means to go first. And there's a part in the book where he talks about Walmart has a ten foot rule that Sam Walton created. And you know, depending on what Walmart you're in, there's certain parts of the country mark where the ten foot wall, or rule, you know, is a little bit different. But uh, at least the origin of Sam Walton was this. From this day forward, I solemnly promise and declare that every time a customer comes within 10 feet of me, I will smile, look them in the eye, and greet them. And I love that. I mean, the fact that that there's kind of that 10 foot, something's got to happen. I'm gonna yeah. smile at him, which lets them know, hey, it's okay. I'm gonna go eyeball to eyeball with them, and then I'm gonna yeah. say something to them.
1: It's really good, Brian. I I was in uh, I was in Franklin, Tennessee not too long ago and I, so I'm from Salt Lake City, Utah, was in Franklin, Tennessee, and there was a distinct difference in the service that I received while I was there versus what I receive here in Salt Lake City. And it's not And It's not good or bad. It's just a distinct difference. And one thing that really stood out to me was the capability of what I consider to be younger kids who are working in jobs that they're not going to have for the rest of their lives. You know, these are temporary jobs that they're going to step through in high school or college or whatever. And they're doing this. They're smiling at me. They're looking me in the eye. They're sincere in their greeting and it makes all the difference, Brian, and it'll make you want to come back.
0: And that's really good. You know, John, John Maxwell says in the book, I think most people recognize the value of initiative is important in relationships, yet still so many people don't take it with others. And when it comes to interacting with others, they often wait for the other person to take the first step. But all that leads to is missed opportunities and i think oftentimes that is what happens in this we're waiting for the other person to go first but what we're talking about here is number one is connecting requires initiative and there's a jewish proverb
1: that says oh the wise does at once what the fool does at last and that's a great proverb it's one that i wasn't familiar with but it makes a lot of sense when you think about how there's a chain of events that has to occur to bring two people together in a moment. And any one of those events goes, um, goes differently. And the two of you aren't going to meet, you're not going to be in that same place at that same moment. And so I think when we talk about the wisdom of recognizing that uh, life, this dance that we're all a part of, um, you may not get this opportunity again. And so when you take that initiative, when you take that step to engage with someone, you may be doing something that there couldn't have been another opportunity for. And you have to keep that in mind.
0: You know, and I think it makes me think of an example. So last week I was in Colorado um, and I had a chance to be able to, you know, see the Rocky Mountains in a certain part for a certain part of the day. And i was just talking to people, hey, where are you from? Or you hear a different accents and, and talking to somebody. And you're here, I'm in Colorado on top of some, you know, 13,000 foot mountain or whatever. And I'm talking to somebody, just ask them, Hey, where are you from? Come to find out that that they literally live five minutes from my brother in the Chicagoland area. (laughs) Five minutes. Talk about a small world. Next thing you know, we have a great conversation. They're willing to take pictures of me and my family and all that. But it's just so cool because in the initiative to go first, to ask a simple, you know, non-confronting question and next thing you know, we seem to be best of friends and having a great conversation, and end up with some really cool pictures as a result of that.
1: That's a fantastic story, and I think it it leads to this misnomer, brian, that there that there's this perfect moment. Well, there is no perfect moment, and what you're describing is how you create the perfect moment, and I think that when we can stop for just a second. And try to get a perspective about how each time we make a connection, it's like putting a piece of a puzzle together and each piece matters. If we skip pieces, then the picture isn't complete. If we take time to make each piece fit, then we have the potential to look back on that and say, yeah, now I understand why and, and how it added value and how I added value to them. And it completes the picture. Let me give you one more example of that.
0: You know, obviously we're both in a business where we're coaching and spending time with people. And, you know, right now one of my focuses is energy performance coach. Um, It's helping business travelers manage and maximize their energy on the road. So oftentimes it's getting in a conversation with, imagine that, somebody on the road. I know it's on a plane specifically or walking through an airport or what have you. And it's just amazing. When the desire to go first and to initiate a conversation and learn a little bit about that person, how that is reciprocated back. And the next thing you know, it ends up into a further conversation that yeah. happened by going first.
1: So that's great, Brian. And I think that we've, we've emphasized the need for going first. Connecting requires initiative. What's the second way that we're going to use energy for connecting with others?
0: And number two is connecting requires clarity and prep, uh, being prepared, preparation. And, you know, while connecting requires being willing to initiate with others and going first, which often means taking the first step, but it also requires knowing what we're doing when we make that contact and that connection. And that means having some clarity, a thought mark. You know, clarity most often comes as a result of preparing and in what we're going to talk about in three specific areas. So what do you think is number one?
1: Know yourself. It's your personal preparation. And this is probably one that... Uh, we have the ability to kind of skip past. And why do you think we do that? I think that we do it because we assume that we can uh, pretty much be ourselves no matter the moment. And so we don't necessarily think that uh, there's value or a need or a requirement to actually consider my condition. And when we don't do that, when we take the shortcut, then we miss out on adding value to others. And, In order for us to add value to others, we're going to have to be valuable ourselves. And that means that I have to think through this, this engagement that I'm about to have.
0: That's excellent. You know, the second tip that with within, you know, the uh, connecting requires clarity and preparation is, is know your audience. It's people preparation. So the more you understand people in general, the better you're going to be able to connect. And there's a book that I'm going to recommend. that's um, called Click by the author of Ori, O-R-I, Brothman B-R-A-F-M-A-N. We're going to do its own episode on it because it's a phenomenal book. But it's a great book on really helping you to connect with others. But one of the things with that is in this specific book that we're referencing with everyone connects, um, or sorry, everyone communicates. Few connect. John Maxwell talks about using kind of a journalistic approach to doing a story when he prepares to understand his audience for doing a talk. So oftentimes it's so easy to just kind of wing it. To your point earlier, Mark. But if we're dealing with people preparation we're communicating with others and we start to know ourselves. it goes into using asking some of these questions you know who are they you know what do they care about where do they come from when did they decide to attend why are they here what do i have that i can offer to them Um, how do they want to feel when we conclude and he goes on to say anytime i want to connect with people i can expect to extend and expend energy preparing
1: beforehand and i remember brian listening to uh, john in the late 90s on cassette tape
0: and for those under the age of 30 um can you describe what that is (laughs) (laughs) google Uh, it right
1: it was a a lot smaller than an eight track i can tell you that (laughs) nice nice (laughs) a lot more convenient uh so i remember actually even the moment, for whatever reason, it's burned into my mind, and I, it's almost like it was yesterday. And I was in Casper, Wyoming, and I was listening to this cassette tape, and John was talking about how he would ask key leaders if they would be willing to take the time to have lunch with him. And I remember him talking about these questions 25 years ago, but what I remember just as much as the questions was his requirement that. He invest in learning about the person before he showed up to the lunch appointment. And he would spend hours preparing for a one-hour lunch, and it always paid off. And I, I took a lesson from that. And that is a wonderful example. You know, it is so true. Most of us
0: show up and wing it, especially dealing with other people. But the level of preparation, um, I I had the opportunity and the honor of having lunch with Pat Flynn. Right. And, you know, coming into that, being incredibly prepared made such a difference because- You didn't just wing that, Brian? uh, No, 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 no. Tempted to, you know, because of how busy life can be. But it's amazing how much better time is used. Because of just simply coming in prepared, and not having to waste time on things that I could have known ahead of time by just doing some homework. So, you know, and it's and if you're a leader, you know your area specialty, uh, Mark, and you're going in to cast vision, you need to know your audience and prepare, which requires energy. You know, if you're going to give a presentation, which I end up doing a lot, and you're doing now speaking as well, <clears throat> you. It, you have to be able to walk in and be prepared with your audience requires energy. It's just so easy to wing it, but the people preparation and the questions will yield so much greater connection
1: results. Absolutely. And you don't hear a lot about this, but uh, there are a lot of speakers, a lot of presenters who spend time developing that energy. It doesn't just come naturally. And recently I heard about some speakers who actually would take time and jump on a mini tramp for a couple of minutes prior to speaking. And you've got guys like Tony Robbins and others who have detailed routines for how they build their energy levels before an event or before they come on stage. And like an athlete, the routine can become sacred, but not because the routine is sacred. It's because it produces results. The right amount of rest, the right meal, the right mental state, they all matter to the speaker, but you can't forget the audience as well. And I, I hear people say a lot of times, I don't want to go to that, that event. You know, they're just going to get people all hyped up. And I, on the one hand, I understand what they're saying. You know, false emotion maybe isn't necessarily all that, all that motivating, but building the energy of the listener to engage with you is also important. And note
0: to self, if you are not in shape, do not jump on a trampoline before speaking. You know, it reminds me of, you know, Chris Farley, you know, getting in, being his motivational speaker here, you know, and he's coming in sweating and he's all freaked out just from climbing the stairs with that. But no, you're exactly right. You know, all joking aside, you know, coming in and making sure that you are really ready to present And B, just be able to give and have that people preparation is absolutely huge. What is the last tip under number two here?
1: Know your stuff, Um, professional preparation. And I think this is another one where you have the potential to get overconfident, Um, especially you mentioned before, you know, when it's a presentation that you've done more than once. Yeah. Maybe get a little complacent with it. Uh, Easy to do. It is. And I think you, it is important to be yourself. I think that's important you know you have to be you have to be natural understanding people is going to take you far in connecting with others but there are situations where you have to speak teach and lead and it requires an el- an element of preparation and i know that there are a lot of rules of thumb about how much time is appropriate and uh, there's one rule of thumb that i think is pretty close to accurate where they they recommend 10 minutes of preparation for each minute of speaking personally i try to prepare 10 to 30 minutes for each minute of speaking and it works now that sounds like a lot and it is but typically that 30 minutes is for the shorter messages uh, so if i'm only going to be speaking for 5 minutes my level of effort for those 5 minutes is probably a little bit Greater than um, that in that short period of time because you have to communicate clearly a message in a shorter amount of time than you might have in a forty-five minute presentation, for example.
0: And that's a good point because every second matters because there's a whole lot less of them. So right. that was number two was that we uh, connecting requires clarity, which is preparation. And number three of the five is connecting requires patience, which means to slow down the book gave a great story it talked about a young woman who is not accustomed to driving a manual transmission you know and obviously we're going kind of way back here talking about cassette, cassette tapes and manual transmission here in this episode so under 30 um the little google exercise in this right here to find out what those two are but in this example right here she was, they were talking about she stalled the car when she was trying at the, at the stoplight when it turned green because she just let the clutch out nervously way too soon soon and then would stall the car well, the car behind her could have gone around, but instead the driver decided he would just do the easy way, which was lay on the horn. And the more he honked, the more she stalled, the more embarrassed she became. And of course, the more angry she became and more stressed and the more often that she stalled the car. So after attempt, after attempt, after attempt, she got out of the car, walked to back to the other car. She rolled or made the man roll down his window, which in utter surprise, he hears this woman say, I'll tell you what. You go move my car, and I'll sit back here and lay and
1: honk the horn for you. Ah. And I love that, you know, because why, Mark? We're impatient, man. Everything around us, our whole culture is driven by this drive-through, order-ahead mentality where everything's about instant satisfaction. And I think it is hard to slow down, Brian. I think it is hard to intentionally say, I'm going to reduce my pace. It's not natural.
0: Absolutely. And especially when you're connecting with a human being who may not be at your speed, may not be where you are in the moment. Their brain may be somewhere else or distracted. I heard someone once say, the good news is I move fast. The bad news is I often move alone. And I'm sure you find that often with leaders, don't you?
1: Absolutely. I think when you see that a leader is intentional in making sure that they're not leaving people in the dust. And it's particularly relevant, I think, when we think of the, the, the so-called proverb, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, you have to go together. So you have to take time and energy to connect. It'll always pay off, but pacing is critical. And the point, if you want
0: to connect with people, you need to slow down. And that requires energy. I mean, it's hard to slow down, Mark Slemons. You know, I think about working out. And oftentimes when you do a rep that is slower, it's so much easier just to have the momentum and go forward fast and fast and fast. But to do that rep going slow, if you think about a barbell or a dumbbell that's Mm -hmm. going slower down it is incredibly difficult. And if someone is a challenge to connect with in general, slowing down is even a bigger challenge. And when you are trying to communicate with them, it's allowing that dead space, allowing a moment to think, to really react in a proper way with the master intent of
1: connecting. It's a great so example, is, it's great example, Brian. What is
0: number four? Thank you. What, what is number four here?
1: Connecting requires selflessness, and that is our ability to be a giver.
0: And we all like givers, don't we? You know, in life, there are givers and takers, and rarely is there any mistake on who is the giver and who is the taker.
1: It's pretty um, easy to tell most times.
0: Imagine that, especially with kids um, or Christmas would probably be the best so, you know, we, we try to avoid takers. We're attracted to givers. I mean, that's obvious. We make a point to greet a giver and we feel more connected to a giver. But being a giver requires what, Mark?
1: Energy. Absolutely. It's not, it's not easy. And I think you have to have a reserve, a resource to give from if you're actually going to be a giver.
0: You know, and being a giver is usually a win-win situation. And to your point there, there, energi- it requires the energy to be able to help others. And it helps you connect at a deeper level. I mean, the giver wants to invest into people when the taker is only there for themselves, which is very obvious, often except to the taker.
1: Yeah, no doubt. And I think that the irony about giving a lot of times is that uh, – you're giving returns to the giver. And, and this is not true for the taker. And if you haven't read Bob Berg's book, The Go-Giver, I highly recommend it. But here's the thing. And when you talk about having resources from which you can give, it's, it's a bit of a tired cliche, but it is nonetheless true. You have to take care of yourself first. And when you do that, when you prioritize taking care of yourself, you actually enable yourself to take care of others. And sometimes, Brian, I'm not sure if you're listening, but I really need you to listen to this one, Brian. Are you listening? I'm sorry, I'm listening now. All right, okay, good. Sometimes we have to be receivers. And I say that jokingly because Brian, I know I know how you're geared. I know you're geared to give, and I know that that's your, your perspective. And I know that you've been through some things recently that have caused you to have to shift that a bit and be able to be a receiver. And when life throws us curveballs, we have to be in that position. We're capable of being gracious receivers of, for instance, the kindness that others have to extend to us. There are those moments when we can't do for ourselves, and pride stops us from experiencing the kind or caring or compassionate actions that others want to give to us in those moments. And so I think sometimes it even helps to empathize with what it's like to be the receiver and can motivate us as well in our giving whenever we recognize how valuable that can be.
0: No, and that's a really good point. You know, it does on both ends, it's important to know which side of the coin you're on and our motives are very, very exposed, especially when we're trying to communicate with others. And the taker is there and it's oftentimes manipulative or it feels very, very self-seeking and it comes out. And I think when you are on the other side of it, sometimes it helps you to realize that, and uh, to
1: listen to others. Yeah, Uh, so number number four was connecting requires selflessness and being a giver. What's number five?
0: Number five, and I think this is a big one because this really fits in with the Energy Edge theme and point, is connecting requires stamina, which is recharge. And connecting with people can be very draining and exhausting, especially if you're truly investing into others. And let me give you an example of that, Mark. So this past week, I was at a conference And, um, one of the days where it was a long day what happened is I had to all day long be on, you know, you're with people and you know what it is to be on, you know, you're communicating with people, you're talking with people, you're trying to connect with people. And by the end of the day, a whole group wanted to go out for dinner, but it was before this big event that for me was really more important than the dinner. And so I decided to do something I didn't normally do maybe two years ago was I decided to go back to the hotel, change out of my, out of my work clothes, out of the suit, decided to put on some workout clothes, go under armor and went and worked out for a good length of time and then I came back and I connected with my family on FaceTime for a while and absolutely loved those moments. Then I read for about a half an hour, put some Bose headphones on, just, just put on some music and read. I showed up at that event. Everybody else was exhausted. You could tell. They just kind of hung out and it was a social setting and just kind of not there. I was able to connect at a whole deeper level because mm. It required stamina and the recharge that it needed to be able
1: to do that. Absolutely, I think it's a great example, Brian, where you tap into something that is necessary for you and and understanding yourself and how you recharge is an important element of this. Uh, for for some people, uh, their recharging might happen in that group environment. And so that might be the thing that really energizes them. But I think the key is identifying what does recharge you and focusing in or zeroing in on that element for you.
0: And it is, it's an area of growth, it's an area of knowing thyself <clears throat> and determining what is best for you in order to be able to connect and how do you do recharge. In fact, we gave an interview with Dr. Ann Vertel and we talked specifically about that, of, of talking about our personalities and where do we draw or drain our energy? It'd be a great episode to go back and to listen to for that specific point. But it's amazing what this intentional recharge will do for us to go back at it. Uh, John Maxwell in the book uh, had a quote that says, If you carve out moments to do what energizes you, then you will always have the reserves you can draw upon when you need to connect with others. And I love that quote.
1: It's not, it's not easy, Brian, because sometimes when we connect with people, it can be draining and it can be exhausting and it can leave us uh, feeling like our, our tank is empty. And so knowing that there's a, a spot in our schedule where we're going to intentionally rebuild that energy bank becomes critical actually to being able to do our, our role well.
0: Yeah. And business trainer Clancy Cross um, had this quote, people often confuse energy with volume or speed. An accomplished musician knows that it requires more energy to sing or play slowly and softly and connect with others than it does to just reach and blast away. Even the way we sit with people and listen to them requires energy. They will detect when we do so without it. You can't fake energy and you can't fake a connection.
1: And there's nothing that I want more than for my connections, for my relationships to be Authentic. And I would encourage you, the listener, to think about this. Not every conversation or event requires the same amount of energy. And That's one of the point. greatest advantages, I think, Brian, of planning your day or your week in advance is seeing what's coming that you know, hey, on this day, at this time, I've got to be on top of my game. It's critical. And Brian, I, I want to compliment you on this because I think you do such a great job of reminding your audience to start with the objective in mind and work backwards from there. You do a really good job of that. And I, I sincerely appreciate it. Thank you for that. Those critical moments on my calendar, you can bet that I'm going to guard my time to recharge prior to that, whether that means making sure I've gotten plenty of rest, or maybe it's just a matter of blocking out my time around an important appointment so that I know that I'm not going to show up at that appointment Harried and scattered, feeling out of breath, you know, and and feeling like maybe I'm not prepared or I'm running late, which always adds an unnecessary element of stress. I think about what's coming and I work backwards from there to make sure I'm prepared. And just a couple last additional thoughts here of what
0: makes a good connector but requires energy. Good connectors have high emotional intelligence. You know, they're able to read the room to find out what's going on. You know, they, they ask good questions. They seek to find common ground, you know, and they realize connecting is often draining and look for those times to so your point where you just mentioned ways to refuel to go back at it when needing to be on. And I think those are just really, really critical. And again, we're going to do an episode on how to be able to click at a deep, deep level for those that have that gift.
1: Yeah, I'm looking forward to that, Brian, because I think that that really does pique my interest. One of the things that I was thinking as we were going through the episode today is that these are not things, in my experience, that are frequently done by the leaders that I'm around on on a regular basis. And it's not because they're bad leaders. I think that if you will take some of these things that we've talked about today and use them, I think if you'll be intentional about putting into practice some of these five ways that we're improving how we connect with others, I think what you'll find is that your results are going to be atypical. They're not going to be what everybody else experiences because I really don't believe that most people sit down and think through this. And you can set yourself apart by taking a few minutes and doing it. And I think it'll give results that you might not even have expected. The Energy Edge podcast is sponsored by 5MinuteEnergyKickstart.com.
0: Most of us are just plain tired. Our pace far outruns our energy, yet we just keep going. We quickly move from busy to beat down to burnout. And sometimes we pull this off by hand the same day, and it's Monday. What we need is a reminder that there's another way, a kickstart, to get us thinking and to get us going in the right direction. 5MinuteEnergyKickstart.com offers three five-minute videos on topics of sleep, nutrition, and fitness movements, where a problem is discussed and two Energy Kickstart challenges are offered. Why? Well, because we all need a kickstart from time to time. The best part about it is the only thing will cost you is a few minutes of your time because the video series is absolutely free. So check out 5MinuteEnergyKickstart.com today. So a quick review of the five proactive ways to use energy for connecting before we go into the what nows. Number one is connecting requires initiative. Go first. Number two requires or connecting requires clarity, prepare. The third one is connecting requires patience, slow down. Number four, connecting requires selflessness, give. And lastly, connecting requires stamina, recharge. Mark, why don't you give us the two what nows that we can do as action steps?
1: So I think one of the best things we can do is be intentional about using John's seven questions to make sure I'm thinking about the needs of the person that I'm with. I think if I remember that I'm there to serve versus making my agenda the most important thing, and I'm interested in investing into those people, that'll help me to use those questions in a way that allows me to walk away from there feeling like I actually gave something and didn't just take something. And then the second thing, Brian thinking through the practical ways that I can build my energy levels for engaging with others. So if I'm the guy who is the, uh, the, the introvert, or if I'm the gal who's the extrovert, then I have to use the way that I work and the way that I communicate to understand what builds my energy level, and then I have to prioritize it just like you did in that example at the conference. Make what works for you the most important thing so that your energy level is at its peak whenever you have to draw. In. Mark, thanks for sitting in as a co-host today. Any closing thoughts? Brian, thank you so much. It sincerely has been a pleasure to be a part of this episode. My final thought is this. Don't be overwhelmed. You don't have to do it all today. Mike Kim calls it the clenched fist approach. It's that feeling of tension and stress that comes with taking on too much. Relax. Pick something, one element from today's episode and just start there. Enjoy the journey. The energy will come. That's a great response.
0: Um, how can we find more about you and what you're into
1: right now? Yeah, you can find me at MarkSlemons.com, M-A-R-K-S-L-E-M-O-N-S.com. Um, and you can also obviously find the Leader to Leader podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, et cetera. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Mark Slemons. LinkedIn and Facebook are pretty easy to find me. There's not a lot of Mark Slemons out there, so I'm a pretty easy guy to find. And a good thing because you rock the Mark Slummons.
0: so I feel, <laughs> I feel bad for the next guy right there. I'll make sure to have all those in the show notes, so thank you for that. Next episode preview, an interview with Robin Strigley. She's known as the Hormone Diva, and who, she brought an incredible amount of knowledge that will inform and educate you big time on how hormones play such a huge factor in your energy. And yes, guys, you'll be surprised as well at how it affects you. I learned so much from this episode, and here's a clip. Fats are super important. When I was sharing my story at the beginning of our conversation, I, I, I mentioned that a big turning point for me was when I started to feel some immense joy um, that I had never experienced before. And this happened after I started to increase the fats in my diet. Um, that was the single biggest sort of catalyst for me. It was huge wow. for years prior. You know, I ate low fat like they say because I didn't want to gain weight. I gained weight anyway thanks for making it to this point in the podcast as always we'll try and do better next time mark do you know where that line comes from no actually i don't espn reference at the end of uh, pti pardon the interruption oh yeah michael yeah. wilbon says that you bet we'll try and do better next time i love that but today go and get your energy edge on